Welcome to the Spiritual Advantage Podcast, where we discuss how to make a maximum impact with our lives by fulfilling our divine dreams with divine favor, like the great men and women of faith throughout history. I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the keeper. No pun intended. Let's begin. Recently, I came across some new research studies on the science of gratitude. Can you believe there's such a subject as the science of gratitude? It's fascinating to learn how gratitude can enrich our lives with profound joy and happiness. According to neuroscientists, gratitude can rewrite our brain and induce serotonin and dopamine the happiness hormones that promote health and healing. That's an affirming discovery for us because as Christians, our life is all about gratitude. We live and breathe gratitude. The Bible says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Notice it says, it's the will of God for us to give thanks in all circumstances. The Bible also tells us to rejoice always. How do you rejoice? I've discovered that you can rejoice when you count the blessings and give thanks. I personally experienced that a grateful heart cannot be depressed. According to psychologists, the attitude of gratitude is the healthiest emotion. When I think about gratitude, I can't help but remembering an inspiring joke about a widow living alone, praying every morning and night, and giving thanks to God. Seeing her devotion to God, her atheist neighbor feels annoyed and looks for an opportunity to convince her that God doesn't exist. And one morning, he hears the widow praying aloud, Dear God, I thank you for your love and grace. Today, my refrigerator is empty and I don't have food to eat. But I trust that you will provide me with all my needs. Give me this day my daily bread. Lord, I know you are my shepherd, and I shall not want. The neighbor suddenly gets a bright idea to prove her wrong about her belief. So he goes to the store, buys a bunch of groceries, and places them in front of her door. He rings the bell and goes hiding behind the corner. Hearing the bell, The woman comes out and sees a bag of grocery in front of her door and praises God with great joy, saying, Thank you, O God, for your generosity. I know you are the provider and will give me what I need. Wait a minute, Mrs. Jones. The neighbor jumps out of the corner, saying, I am the provider, not God. I bought these groceries with my own money and placed them at your door. There is no such thing as God. So stop believing those superstitious things. 
The lady appears even happier and excited and raise her hand to the sky and say, Oh, what an amazing God. Your wisdom is so wonderful. Not only do you give me my daily bread, but you also make the devil pay for it. End of story. I love this joke because uh, it depicts an invincible faith with a quick wit. G.K. Chesterton, the great English writer and philosopher, left us with many of his profound thoughts on gratitude and quotable quotes. Here are some of them. The worst moment for an atheist is when he is really thankful and has no one to thank. I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. The aim of life is appreciation. There's no sense in not appreciating things, and there's no sense in having more of them if you have less appreciation of them. When it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. This one has something to do with our lesson today. You say grace before meals, all right, but I say grace before the concert and the opera and grace before the play and pantomime and grace before I open a book and grace before sketching, painting, swimming, fencing, boxing, walking, playing, dancing, and grace before I dip the pen in the ink. Here's the last one. When we were children, we were grateful to those who fill our stockings at Christmas time. Why are we not grateful to God for filling our stockings with legs? That's profound. We live in a fallen world and we all know life is difficult. But if you can find reasons to be grateful, life can become a joy to live. Even though science today has proven that Gratitude makes a big difference in our well-being. Jesus reveals gratitude has spiritual significance and is a path to salvation. Do you know God has a soft spot on grateful people? Our Heavenly Father cannot resist our gratitude. I remember one of my daughters knew how to express gratitude in her own way even before she could speak. She melted my heart each time she did that. In the same way, you can melt the heart of the Heavenly Father with your gratitude. Have you wondered how to express your faith? Most of the time we think we express our faith by passively believing or trusting God. But according to Jesus, our attitude of gratitude shows our faith. God rewards grateful people. That's why miracles happen when we express our sincere gratitude. So today we will explore how Jesus teaches us to express gratitude and experience grace, not only for the well-being of this life, but also for eternal salvation. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the Lightkeeper. You are the light of the world, and I'm the keeper.
no pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson today is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. Listen to the word of the Lord. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through a region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Luke 17, 11, 19. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On his final journey to Jerusalem, Jesus encountered a group of ten lepers on the outskirts of a village. It says, As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance. Luke 17, verse 12. I wonder how many of you have seen lepers. Growing up in Burma, I've seen lepers begging on the roadside or in the marketplaces. They looked pretty scary. Some of them had patches of pale skin, and some of them didn't have fingers or toes. Some of them didn't have a nose. Some of them didn't have arms or legs. They look disgusting and horrifying, especially for children to see. Leprosy is a disease that destroys nerves, so the lepers don't feel pain. When they use their hands to turn something, for example, they might exert too much force and break their fingers, hands, or even arms without feeling pain. If they squeeze their nose, forcefully, their nose could fall off without pain. That's why they are often disfigured and look pretty scary. Today we have learned that leprosy spreads only through body fluids. But most people in ancient time didn't know, so they kept them away from the community. They were also believed to be cursed or religiously unclean. Until recently, Many countries had exclusive villages outside of the cities to quarantine the lepers. I'm sure it was the same situation in the first century Middle East. That's why Jesus met them outside of the village. The verse says they were keeping their distance because in those days, they were not only required to keep a distance from people, but also announce I'm unclean, I'm a leper, so that the travelers were alert and they will walk away from them. 
Growing up in a third world country, I've seen poverty, I've seen diseases, I've seen many kinds of suffering, but I've never seen a more cruel life than that of a leper. The story continues. Keeping their distance, they called out saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 12 and 13. These lepers were helpless, but not hopeless. Despite being marginalized by society, they kept their ears open and informed themselves of the latest news. Some of them might have been highly educated. They knew who Jesus was and knew when Jesus was passing by. They kept their ear perked and hope alive. Hearing Jesus passing by, they seized the opportunity and called out, asking Jesus to have mercy on them. The word mercy in Hebrew tradition also means empathy. They asked Jesus to empathize with them. Of course, Jesus always does. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Verse 14. This healing miracles differs from others in a sense that Jesus healed them without touching them. He only ordered them from a distance to show themselves to the priest because only the priest had the authority to declare them clean so they could reintegrate with the community. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Verse 15 and 16. Only one of nine turned around to give thanks to Jesus. I can imagine recovering from leprosy could be overwhelming because it was a significant transformation of life. They might be overjoyed to reunite with their families and friends and might have forgotten to thank their healer. But Jesus was concerned. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Verses 17 and 18. It seems that Jesus expected all of them to return to give thanks. Not that he needed their gratitude, but that their gratitude would make them whole. Based on the context, the nine might have an attitude of entitlement. Many Jews, especially the Pharisees and scribes at that time, thought they were entitled to be blessed. Jesus' parable before this miracle reveals that we need to strip off our entitlement mentality even when we have slaved all day or suffered long. Jesus said in verse 10, the verse right before this miracle, So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. Luke 17.10. In this verse, Jesus was not teaching us self-abasement, but warning us against self-entitlement. 
Sometimes suffering can inflate our ego, causing us to think that we deserve better. God owes us a better life because we have paid our dues of suffering. The entitlement mindset can make us ungrateful. Why should I give thanks if what I receive is what I'm entitled to? An entitlement mindset cannot make us joyful because it's like receiving a paycheck rather than a bonus. So when Jesus teaches us to keep the attitude of worthless slaves, he wants us to be humble and able to count the blessings. Since we are worthless and entitled to nothing, everything we receive is not a paycheck, but a bonus. Then even every breath we take becomes a blessing. Just like G.K. Chesterton said, every time we put our legs in our stockings, we give thanks. This Samaritan leper could praise God fervently because he knew he did not deserve it. According to the news of the day, Jesus was the Messiah for the Jews, not for the worthless foreigners like him. So he felt the grace more profoundly. Still, there's something more important in this thanksgiving because Jesus said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Verse 19. The word well in Hebrew tradition has the same meaning as saved. So nine lepers were healed, but this one is saved. That means this Samaritan leper received more than what he asked for, not just a healing from leprosy, but also eternal life, which is more important. Sometimes we can be short-sighted by expecting temporal well-being over eternal salvation. Jesus wants to give us the letter, and that's why he expected all ten lepers to return to claim it. God doesn't need our gratitude, but God wants us to claim our salvation through our attitude of gratitude. This event is similar to the parable of the banquet. The banquet was ready, but nobody came. The nine lepers might be busy showing off their healing, reuniting with their families, applying for a job or starting a new business to reestablish their lives. As the saying goes, if Satan cannot make you bad, he will make you busy. Only this unworthy foreigner appreciated the banquet. For him, expressing his gratitude was more important than anything else. Jesus said that his faith had saved him. Based on this statement, Jesus equated gratitude with faith. The Bible says, without faith, no one can please God. Then how do we express our faith? Does faith mean doing nothing and expecting God to come through? Now we learn from Jesus that our faith is expressed through our gratitude. As I mentioned, God has a soft spot for grateful people. Here's the secret to praying the way that God is likely to answer. Jesus asks us to pray with faith. How do you pray with faith? Pray with thanksgiving. The Bible says, Do not be anxious about anything, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Philippians 4.6 It says to pray with thanksgiving because our Heavenly Father finds it difficult to resist a grateful heart. I know God might have other reasons not to answer our prayers according to God's greater purpose, but you touch his soft spot when you express your gratitude as if your prayer is answered. Now, how do we keep an attitude of gratitude? Be humble like a worthless slave or undeserved Samaritan or an unentitled foreigner. When we get rid of self-entitlement, everything becomes a reason for gratitude. Most importantly, like a beggar's bowl, gratitude is a vessel for salvation. So let's be humble and be grateful. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, Keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound freedom and happiness. Amen. Bye now. Thank you for listening. If you would like to maximize your life and leadership by unlocking your spiritual advantage, please feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Samuel Stone or visit SamuelStone.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you. See you on the next episode. Bye now.